This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. It's Cut to the Chase with Laura Curran. With me, Laura Curran. Let's bring in Laura Curran, a member of the Democratic Party. Joining us now by phone, Laura Curran. Laura, good morning. Now, here's your host, Laura Curran. Hello, I am Laura Curran, and this is Cut to the Chase, where we delve into politics, media, culture, and current events. Real conversations about real issues that affect our lives, no matter where we are on the political spectrum. All right, let's get right to it. Hello, everyone, and thanks for listening. My guest today on Cut to the Chase is New York State Assemblywoman Taylor Darling. Taylor, welcome. Thank you so much for having me today, Laura. I could not be more excited to be here with you. I think this is like my first podcast at oh, this level. Yes. Great. Well, mm-hmm. that's, that's very good to hear. So yeah. let me tell the listeners a little something about you if they don't already know you. You've been in the Assembly since when? Unofficially 2018, 2018, officially 2019. Okay, since 2019, mm-hmm. through COVID, through lots of stuff, lots of interesting transitions in Albany in, in your tenure, in your short tenure. You represent the communities of Hempstead, Lakeview, Uniondale, Freeport, Roosevelt, wet parts of West Hempstead, Garden City, and Merrick. Yes. So if you know Nassau County, you are representing lots of different kinds of people. It's a very diverse district. Now, a lot of politicians out there say that they're not the typical politician. (laughs) You don't have to say it. It's just the truth. Yes. (laughs) You come from the public sector. You're actually an American and British citizen. You were born in Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. You lived in Europe. Mm -hmm. You learned to play chess around the age of four and played competitively seven days a week. Yes. Uh, Which is probably helpful for your chess game up in Albany. You went to Spelman College at age 16, graduated age 19. You went on to get a master's at Hofstra. You were in the private sector doing well as a consultant, Mm -hmm. as an organizational psychologist. Mm -hmm. What made you make the switch to run for the 18th Assembly District, which, by the way, you had to take on a very powerful deputy speaker Mm -hmm. who was the incumbent? Yes. Well, that story is really interesting. I... I was in this situation where I have all these gifts, my knowledge, skills, and abilities, and I said, you know, I don't feel like I'm utilizing these gifts that I've been given to improve my community. And I literally put that into the universe. I did a Daniel fast for the first time ever in 2018. What is a Daniel fast? So a Daniel fast is a fast that some Christians partake in, where you fast for 21 days like Daniel, you know, one of mm-hmm. our one of our heroes in the Bible, and you eat what he ate, mm. which is pretty much everything from the earth. So you can eat oils and nuts and vegetables and fruits and water, and it gives you that space to really clear your mind. You mm. eat clean, you pray, and it just opens up so many parts of your life. Wow. And the pastor said, if we do it as a corporate fast, meaning we all do it together, we are going to see the movement in people's lives and it's going to be powerful. This was January of 2018. I am working for a client. I'm working really hard. I'm running his businesses and I'm driving through the community that raised me and I'm just not happy with a lot of things that that I was experiencing. This is in Hempstead? Yep. This is in throughout Nassau County. Mm -hmm. Just seeing certain things, just seeing the disparity, 
just grow wider and wider between the haves and the have-nots and understanding all the layers of government we had. I said we could be doing so much more. And by we, I put myself on that list and I said I want to do more. And I put that into the universe, did the Daniel Fast somehow bought my trip, my September trip to Santorini that year. I pushed it up to March. Just something told me to push it up to March, which is funny because the primary at the time was in September. And mind you, I have no idea any of this is happening in my life. Right. Santorini, I have like this out of God experience following the fast. And Santorini, by, Italy. It, Santorini, Greece. Oh, Greece. Yes, Greece. yes. So, and then literally we, you know, May comes and my sister was dating Mayor Hall's son, Mm -hmm. Wayne Hall Jr. And they were very involved in the Democratic Party. And, you know, it was it was a space where they said, we need we need better representation here. We could be doing more. Taylor, do you want to run for office? Mm. I said, that sounds like community work. I said, what do Mm -hmm. I have to do? Is it part time? Do I get paid? Is there a job description? They knew none of that stuff. I say yes. I you know, I'm vetted very quickly. And we decided to go on this journey. I have no knowledge of anything, the assembly, the Senate, anything. And as soon as we do it, my client fires me, which was awful. But it was important because I needed that time because of the, the type of race that I was running as a pretty much unknown community member. I was running against one of the most powerful people in New York who happened to represent our district at the time. And, you know, I think a lot of people wanted the change. A lot of people didn't think it would be able to happen. But, you know, campaigning 15 hours a day with just pretty much my family. Like I had everyone get into place, family member who was working as the treasurer, family member who was working as everything but my campaign manager was pretty much family and we did this. So it was very grassroots and and blood, sweat and tears and we we were victorious. So And you did it. Yep, very very happy. But that was the switch. I just put into the universe, I want to do more for the community and be careful what you know. Be careful what <laughs> be you careful ask what you for. Wish for. <laughs> but think of everything that you've learned about how the world actually works, how government actually works, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm -hmm. One thing I want to get to is you really don't fit into any quote-unquote political category, which is so very unusual. A lot of people who get into politics got into it through family, through Mm -hmm. some kind of job that they had, or whatever it was. You just came to it almost as a dare. Almost (laughs) like, hey, you want to make a change? All right, honey, step up, run. And you said, Challenge accepted. Yes. You did it. Yes. And you won a difficult race. Mm-hmm. Do you feel so? You, you know, when we think about how politics in Albany is right now, obviously there's Republicans and there's Democrats, but within the, the Democratic Party, which is the party in charge of all three of the three, you know, the assembly, Superpower. the Senate, mm-hmm. and the governor, mm-hmm. there's a lot of divisions within that. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you really fit as a quote-unquote progressive, I think you are the rare individual, the rare political individual who really thinks for yourself, and this sounds really corny to say, and I'm not blowing smoke, but you're very community-centered. What is it that the community is interested in? What is it that they need, and how can I help them, even if this makes me unpopular with my peers up in Albany? Mm -hmm. Do you get peer pressure to conform when you're up there? I'd have to say that the space in Albany is for me in my experience very supportive so I want to definitely recognize central staffing because to come from some to come from the background I came from I don't have a lot of law background I don't have a lot of political background and they really want you to succeed that's good and I've never worked with 
with a team like this before. So that, that makes was me so happy to hear. That was the best part. I'm like, do I have to read all of these because books and you learn? Need to listen, you need the advice of the attorneys and the staffers. That's really important. People don't understand how important a good staff 100%, is. Hundred percent. Because if you write a bill and it's off and somehow it passes and you disrupt people's lives or you're just you know releasing bills that don't make sense, have errors in them. There, are, there's so many moving parts, and these are people's everyday lives. That's so key. this is life or death. I look at this job as life or death. Like I could make choices and decisions that can you know, catapult families into generational wealth and opportunity, or I can make choices and decisions that could really tear people apart. So to have the central staff, that's been very helpful. And as far as peer pressure, I have to say, in my experience, I haven't received a lot of it. I think I'm very fortunate because I don't really represent a marginalized area. Now, Long Island is a very special beast, and I'm going to call it a beast because it is. Beasts can be gentle, but beasts can also be something else. Yeah, talk about that for people who don't really get Long Island. So... Long Island is a really beautiful space. We are coastal. Um, we are very close to the city. Some areas of Long Island are close to the city. And I think it's a wonderful place to raise a family. You can park for free in most places. Roads are generally... <laughs> big. Most places, yes. Roads are generally not terrible. We are working really hard on our pothole initiative right now. And, you know, you have the beaches. You have the parks. You have walkability in some places. And it really is a place where you can take a deep breath. We have one of the largest malls in the country based on leasable selling spaces. So that's amazing. But then there are other parts about Long Island that I don't enjoy, namely the segregation, the isolation, and the poor distribution of resources Mm -hmm. at certain points. Yeah, and it was really the way it was developed. Exactly. This sort of hodgepodge development. And of course, we can't ignore the fact that there was redlining in real estate. Yes. We see that still. Still today. In our school districts, which has really affected our school districts. Exactly. Exactly. Long Island houses one of the first suburbs in the country. And that model is embarrassing. It it speaks to the times. I mean, it's, it's an ugly truth. But we are not far from where we were when we created that first suburb. I think communities just kind of exist next to each other. There's not a lot of integration all the mm-hmm. time. And and that's been my biggest issue. You know, if we all have very similar layers of government, you know, why is it that services seem to be very readily available for certain areas to the point where they may not even have any issues, where there are other areas that are permanently in crisis, it feels like. So so that's Long Island, you know, and we make or break elections. We make mm-hmm. or break elections. We vote. We care. You have a lot of stakeholders, meaning homeowners. There is a difference between, I feel like, how homeowners and renters approach neighborhoods, but we also have some transient areas of Long Island where, as an elected official, it's very hard to get people mobilized if they're passing through. And so we've created some communities where that looks like that's what we're encouraging, more transients, which is going to speak to the quality of that neighborhood. So that's Long Island. And I don't represent a marginalized area, meaning I don't represent an area where I have to appease to, you know, appease to maybe conflicting ideals at the same time. I am able to pretty much support most things that the party, you know, represents and that what they would like without worrying about polarizing or another group that I have to also depend mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. to be reelected. So I, I do think that my peer pressure is a little different, but I do feel like sometimes I get a little bit of resentment because I don't have to deal with certain things that certain people have to deal with in Long Island. Mm. There's some resentment, you know, like why, why does, why does she just get to vote on whatever? And there's no ramifications, but you know, we vote on something and maybe we're threatened and we have all these right. other things. I don't have that, but I have other things that they don't have, you know, like give us an example of that. What is, what are some of the hard issues that you have to deal with in your community? 
This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. I would say, you Tough know, choices. of course we have issues surrounding housing, healthcare, economic opportunities, but I want to speak about like, first the green light bill, because you said that when I came into office, it was like a democratic supermajority power locally and in Albany. Like we were, I mean, I felt like a rock star when I came in, which is probably why I'm wearing this jacket. Sorry, you guys can't see it, but I felt <laughs> like. By the way, you always look fabulous. In fact, one pastor said to me, maybe she needs to tone it down a little bit. And I said, well, I don't, I don't know if that's going to happen. <laughs> you know, what? I want to be me and, and yeah. I'm learning me and I'm learning how to respect the people I represent because I am not just representing myself when I'm out. Most of the time I'm representing everyone, but I do it the way that I am and I yes. never want to offend anyone. But at the same time, people are going to remember me and if people remember me they remember my district and that's what it is that's so this exactly is this right. is who I am we're going to use that to I kind of that. separate me from from the pack a little bit because I, I want the attention and the eyes on right, my district with the, with the pastel boxy blazer yeah. and the, the requisite pearls <laughs> yes, the yes, female yes, politician yes. that is not you no 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 it can, I can do it yeah. but, but you know when I, when I feel like it and I feel like as I get older it feels that way but you know and I'm, I like the way that you position it as this is how I stand out this is how I represent my district this is how I'm remembered this is how I I make a difference. Yes. I like that. 150 I assembly that. members out of 150 of us, then we have 63 senators. There's a lot of people vying for attention and people know the 18th assembly district, you yeah. know, and, and it's representative. So I'm very happy about that. But All right. Back to what you were saying about a challenging issue in yes. your district that you have to deal with that may be a little divisive within the district. Yes. So the green light bill. When I came in, we were fighting for the DREAM Act, the green, the green Light Bill. The Green Light Bill was a major bill here in New York State where the question of who gets a license to drive in the state of New York, right. depending on their status their here. Their immigration yeah, status. Their immigration status here. And so can undocumented people... Yes. License. Yes. Was the yes. And that was the question. And now we it passed. We have uh, two different types of licenses now. When you go to the DMV, you can have the enhanced license or you have the standard license where they can't use that standard license to travel, you know, from, to Canada and other places that accept uh, our driver's licenses like we're at the airport. Mm -hmm. But you can use it to drive. And. I was very happy to support that because of the population that I represent, mm -hmm. number one. Number two, because... A lot of immigrants in your yes, communities. Number two, we had data that said people were driving without licenses. And if you don't, you're not licensed, there's a chance you may not be insured. Your car may not be registered. But guess what? You have to feed your family. You have to get to work. You have to get your kids to school. You have to take people to the doctor. So there comes that issue of do we play the what should be going on? Or do we deal with what is going on? And uh, there was a lot of pushback saying, if you're here, for some people felt like, you know, if you guys are here illegally, why are you, why do you have rights? That's a privilege to drive. Why are you, why do you have rights? But then I said, do you want to have people who are living here and, and contributing here, but can't 
travel safely and legally, you know? And the, I, I joke all the time, I say the people that pushed, I think, the hardest on that, against that bill, I think are the people who benefited the most, you know, the people who own land or have a staff. So now you're, you're you know, whoever works for you now, regardless of their status, can drive your cars or drive their cars safely, can get to work because transportation is and continues to be a barrier, for so many industries, mm. especially for people working in my district where they're spending two, three hours to get to work that might be 20 minutes away because Long Island is not very accessible um, throughout the whole island. So, you know, the, I think the green light bill is usually my my number one thing where I was able to say yes to that. But mm-hmm. some of my colleagues who represent Long Island who thought it was a great idea, they, they had a lot of back and forth. They had yeah. people who were really angry, like you're just going to keep giving right. people who don't belong here. Or right. Haven't and this comes after bail reform. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Right before Long that, Island yeah. were very upset about. Yes. So yeah. Long Island has this whole thing. And I use so how do you handle it? How do you handle it? I always find this so interesting. When you're talking to a community member or you're in a forum or whatever, and they're really angry with something that you did, <laughs> what do you do in that moment? And people aren't shy. In that moment, no, they're not. In that moment, I listen. And a lot of times, it has nothing to do with me. It has a lot to do with them feeling unheard for a very long time. So I listen to that and I do my best to treat it like a colander. I'm going to take out what I need to take out from that conversation and let them know, hey, listen, I'm going to think about that more or let's let's talk about this more in depth away from everyone and come up with some type of compromise or at least an understanding. But pretty much if I'm running everything through the lens of what is going to do the most good for the most amount of people here in this community, I haven't had tons of experiences where people weren't happy with a choice. They may not have agreed, but that's my lens. Who, how is this going to help the most? What's going to help the most people here in our community? You know, in, in this time of, it's such a cliche now to say we're, we're so polarized and it's so divisive, blah, 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 and everyone's mad at everyone about something. You said two things that I think could be very helpful to anyone, even if you're not in politics. People who are upset they just want to be heard. Mm-hmm. I felt the same thing. Like they just felt like they're just railing and nobody's listening. And sometimes they come across as a little unhinged. But there's a reason they're angry about mm-hmm. something and mm-hmm. they haven't been heard. Mm-hmm. So number one, just listening mm-hmm. from an emotionally neutral place, mm-hmm. not getting your hackles up, not getting easily offended. And the second, I love this analogy you use of the colander. Mm-hmm. So you filter out what it is that can actually be helpful. Maybe there's some good ideas here, mm-hmm. or maybe this person doesn't understand something and I need to explain it better mm-hmm. or maybe we're just going to disagree mm-hmm. and we're just going to have to agree to disagree and that, that's okay and you can do it in a way that makes them feel heard and you can also keep the conversation going exactly and I tell people all the time I am not better than you in fact it's quite the opposite your hard work pays my salary so I work with you and I work for you and when you approach people and you approach a community and just having to reteach the community so they can learn that because there was this feeling in my experience that you know elected officials were kind of like you know untouchable some people looked at them like you know like even when people say oh thank you so much for coming and give me the space this is my like I'm my my space is your space right. I'm supposed to be here with right. you you know now if I had an, my own private sector business I do my own thing I'm giving you my own money that's a different thank you because I don't have to do that I am a public servant yeah. my time is your time that's how I I you know I am I lead and it's refreshing to hear you say that because you know having been a former elected official myself I think I had the same feeling 100 that I serve the public they pay my salary I'm here to do my best for as many people as I can and to leave things better than I found them that's exactly. always been my goal but I I find 
I don't know, maybe I'm flattering us right now. I think probably we're both pretty well grounded and well adjusted and comfortable with ourselves, mm -hmm. good, bad, and mm -hmm. indifferent. Yep. I don't know if a lot of elected officials that I meet have that same. I'm, I was always surprised at how thin-skinned so many of them are. Mm -hmm. And you and I have talked about, you know, people who may have been angry, vindictive, mm -hmm. you know, settling scores, just sort of ego-driven stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, it, 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 I think maybe a little, whether it's a Daniel fast or a little therapy or just a, a good friend that you can talk to, mm -hmm. keeps you grounded so that you can be what you're talking about. And that mm -hmm. is a public servant, someone who is there to serve the public. Exactly. And you hit the nail on the head. Ego. I think it was, what, 2012 I started doing, right around the time my mother was very, very sick and, and, and right right before her death, I went to get a massage and, and they had Deepak Chopra playing. Mm -hmm. And I just listened to that whole CD or his whole album and it really helped to start my healing process to just say, the ego is really what gets us in trouble sometimes, just focusing and, and running everything kind of through that lens. and Insecurity. Just, yes, running everything through that lens where you look and you're like, what's happening to me? Why is this happening to me? I don't want this. I feel uncomfortable. Public service, the, the eye is very much removed from this. So when I see someone and it's about their ambitions and their ego, I feel like there's a there's a disconnect between the service part. And then I realize people enter this this realm for a lot of different reasons. You know, I know some people who are so strong legislatively or they're so strong um, when it comes to the budget and they're so focused on that. Not everybody comes to this job or has the same lens as me. And I think that that can be a benefit sometimes because we learn different perspectives. Mm -hmm. But again, look at your job description. That's why I like a job description. I am here to serve the people. There's not one elected official where they don't have that piece mm -hmm. in their job description. If I'm worried about what Taylor Darling feels or where she wants to go or it's too hot outside for me to do this event or this, this organization is never organized so I don't want to come and support them. That's not my space. It's mm -hmm. not about me. And, and and Laura, recently I've gotten into that space where I started kind of running things through my comfort and I started letting things kind of affect me that mm. were being said and that I saw. And I literally prayed yesterday and I said, no, once you lose sight of, of what lens you are running things through, it's over. Once I feel like this is my job and I'm the only person who should be representing the 18th Assembly District, it's over. I've lost. I've, I'm off the path. I'm off the path right, that, that, right. that brought me here. And so. it's not about, I mean, of course, one wants to get reelected, and I will point out you're up for a reelection. You know, you do want to get reelected, but you have to know that you can lose and that you'll be fine and that the world will be fine. You know, I have some great role models right now and people that I look up to who've been in that space where a loss is not always a loss. A loss is a, a shift to where you're supposed to be. You know, exactly. the same way a win puts you somewhere. Uh, a loss is a, a redirection. You know, sometimes they say, you know, rejection can be your protection, you know, right. where you are supposed to be somewhere else. And that's why you need to be open and let that flow. Be be where you are with what grounds you. And for me, my faith and my family and my support, it it doesn't feel like a job. It feels like a purpose. And when mm -hmm. I get into those head spaces where it's like, you know, I'm cranky or, you know, this person said this or they, they didn't include me in that. And then I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Scale it back. Yes. Scale it back. Take some time. Self-care. 
do the self-care. Yeah. It's okay because I'm very accessible. And I think that sometimes that can be counterproductive at times. But you are a thousand percent right when it comes to just just making sure that we're we're checking in, making sure that we're not holding on to things. We're not going through life with our hands closed. Exactly. This position is mine and I better win re-election. Like, right. I've and never, this is my enemy and that's my enemy and I'm going to, you know. I've never, ever, ever felt that way. And I just want to say uh, publicly, I say this all the time when I speak about you when I had to take my first campaign photo I am like googling looking for templates like do I want to be you know serious you know a serious uh, candidate do I want to be a fun candidate do I smile do, do I, I not cross smile? My do arms. I cross my arms yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm, I'm researching what body language says and I'm doing all this stuff and I and I looked at some google images and your picture kept popping up and I said goodness she looks approachable but serious stern but but like you know hopeful <laughs> like you had all these emotions and it was like strength but not strength like I'm strong and I'm not a woman I'm a woman and I'm, that's what makes me strong yeah. but more than that I am the best candidate for this role and I said you you were the reason I chose my first picture ever it's literally in the same spot same that. pose and when I met you the first time at a Planned Parenthood yes, event in the bathroom in the bathroom and I said, "Oh my God!" And uh, I said, "It's you. You're, you're the, you know, you're the f the first female county. First of all, you're the county executive. You're the first female county executive. This is incredible." And you just washed your hands and said, "Hey, I've heard great things about you. <laughs> so nice to meet you." And I said, "Oh my God! She has to do budgets all day and yeah. and and deal with the most expensive county in the world and all the stress." And she still like looked me in my eyes and and was personable. And I said. That is, that's what I want. That's how I want to make people feel when they meet me. No oh, matter what's so happening nice. in my life, I want them to say, God, I love her. Like I would, I want her to represent me because she's going to go into that space and, and bring that type of energy, you know, which, which makes people want to collaborate. It makes people want to compromise. It makes people want to give us the experience and excellence for the 18th. I can't. And I, I think can, people feel it. Yeah. They, they know mm. uh, regular people. You know, walking down the street, going to work, sending their kids to school, whatever. They know when you're full of crap. They know they can sniff out a phony. People are not stupid. Mm -hmm. And honey, they challenge me all the time. Every door I knock on, they're like, well, you're the first person I've seen in 15 years, but I know you only going to knock on the door because you want my vote and I'm never going to hear from you and you're not going to. I'm like, oh, my God, you're so battered. Let me hug you. Like, <laughs> that might be them, but it's not me. I am obsessive about follow up because yeah. in this world, I'm going to keep it to Scarface. He's definitely Tony Montana is definitely one of my inspirations. He said he has two things in this world, and I don't have one of the things he had, but I have my word, and I don't break my word for anyone. Mm. I can change my mind. I can change direction, but you're going to hear it from me that I mm. did that because that's my right, but my word is everything. I say something's coming to you by Tuesday. I set an alarm. That's coming to you by Tuesday. That's it. It's it, that, That's how you build trust. That's how you build credibility. So mm -hmm. even if you don't enjoy me, you don't enjoy what I wear, you don't enjoy my cheerfulness, you don't enjoy my policy, I am here to work for you, mm -hmm. and no one can dispute that ever. Mm -hmm. Ever. And you always do it in your own way. I remember your uh, inauguration was completely different. Usually it's a bunch of elected officials. They get up and they say a few jokes. They say a few words. Everyone, somebody sings. There's this, there's that, da, 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 and everyone files out. Yours was completely different with dancers and jazz and interpretive movement. It was really fun. Yes, I was like, like gosh, because that season can be so tedious when you have to go to all these... Endless. Plus, yours wasn't that long. No. It was endless and I'll get going for hours. God, Laura, you figured out my formula. Like, you leave with something great and it's short. You get the hell People's out. attention span. We don't yes. have the attention span anymore. Nobody so cares that much. Everyone, they'll, they'll ask me a question. Third, 
15 seconds later, I've answered it. I'll look at some of my colleagues. I'm like, okay, yeah, we're going to be here a while. Looking at my watch. Yeah, yeah. We're going to be here a while. And that's why I say always, like, I'm looking at the placement of when I speak. If I'm, like, the eighth on the list, I don't have anything to say. They've yeah. already said it. It's all been 16 said. 16 times. So say I'll, a joke and get out. And get off. Yeah. yeah. So they're like, what is you? But that's it. That's what Sometimes it is. Sometimes a nice thank you is all you need. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah. it. In and out. We just understand your time is valuable and we have work to do. So, so that's it. But any event you come to, any of our events that you come to, you are going to leave with something you did not come in there with and you're going to have a great time. That's yeah. what we make sure to do. Our, our my, my brand is excellence for the 18th. That's what it I is. I have a question yeah. for you. So in Nassau County, it's always said, and this is just what I hear all the time, minorities don't vote. They don't vote. Minorities don't vote. Tell me about that. Is it true? And if so, what do we do about it? I think it's absolutely not true. Minorities definitely vote. I definitely want to recognize women, women of color, because when your aunt or your grandmother calls you and reminds you that the polls are opening tomorrow, you get up and vote. In my house, everybody voted for everything. Unfortunately, except for me, but that has changed because mm-hmm. I didn't have anything I believed in. I didn't know. I didn't do my research and mm-hmm. no one was knocking on my door for my vote. Mm-hmm. So I said, oh, I'll vote for the president. No, yes. local elections. Oh, I matter so much let more. Let me tell you, if there is a Lay's flavor competition, I am voting in that. I yeah. vote all the time. That is our That's our currency. That is our voice. And I tell people, so we do vote, but I have to say, and I explain this to the community all the time, when you are an elected official, you have but so many resources with time, funds, all that. They're going to look at the numbers from that last election. And based on turnout, which is a smart strategy, they are going to give that attention. That's how some people exactly. move through that lens. Yeah. Now, for our community, think about this. If we've been underserved, disenfranchised, or mm-hmm. served inconsistently at best, mm-hmm where's the motivation to come out and vote? Mm-hmm. So now it's a, a terrible cycle. We and, don't have like, the motivation. What, your neighbor that you were talking about when you knock on the door, oh, you're only coming around because you want my vote. There's that cynicism and that, ugh, oh, just because of it's voting time. That's why you're showing up at my church. That's why you're here. And we're annoyed. We just want to get to worship. And I never see you or hear from you otherwise. Exactly. So these are their experiences. And and this is not just the minorities in my district. There, you know, there are definitely lots of Caucasian people I represent. And they say the same thing. They're like, no one's knocking on my door, so, you know, but but I explained the to them. The best feeling in the world when I would knock on a door and people would be like, I've never had a politician knock on my door before. I'm like, oh, yes, I'm doing the right thing. Yes. So it's hard for me to believe this, but we have a couple minutes left. It's oh been flown goodness. by. Two very quick questions. Number mm. one, okay, so you came from the private sector. You were a consultant for organizations. Mm-hmm. You're now doing this. You're shining, and you clearly love it. Thank you. And you look beautiful. Thank you. I just you. have to say. I wish this were live because I wish people could see. Do you think in 30 seconds or less you will run for something a higher office potentially? Or I am going to leave that to God. But I okay. will say this. I am loving your path because my dream would be like today's show host one day. Yeah. So then I can have a bigger a bigger audience to bring positivity, uh, fun segments, education, you know, packed into the fun. Um, that, that, that's my brand. So I love, I would love something like that where, yeah. where I could have that, but I don't know when and where. So as long as I'm meant to serve here. Sometimes you just have to sit back mm-hmm. and things will happen. Yes. You not strive and push and mm-hmm. you 
pummel everyone to get it. So I'll just leave you with that. And then the second question is, when I first met you, you were named Taylor Rayner. Mm-hmm. You are now called Taylor Darling. Mm-hmm. Why the change? Um, Rayner was my former married name. Shout out to my husband, Stanley Rayner. I think it's my former husband who's working somewhere far away or up the street from here. And uh, Shout out to Stanley. Shout out to Stanley. He was a big supporter for this, this process. And I didn't want to leave that legacy with that part of my family. Yeah. And I didn't want to go back to my father's name because that name was actually fabricated as well. So I said, I want to I want to create a name for myself that is just my name. I don't want my children to have it for a protection for them that that speaks to the love that I have for myself that I've been healing and growing. So darling means beloved. And I want all of us to think of ourselves as something cherished. So that's how I chose the name Taylor Darling. Wow. That and I'm running from the law. <laughs> I'm joking. They check all that. That's great. Well, thank you for running. Thank you for being in government, which is so toxic and dysfunctional and negative right now, and yes. for being such a force of positivity and honesty and public service. I'm so grateful for you. Thank you. And I'm grateful for you. Thank you so much, guys. It's been great being on Cutting to the Chase. Cut to the Chase. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye.